What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Throne Tales Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. Tonight, we are recapping Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 4, The Long Night. This is a, a kind of a, a bit of a come down to some degree from the episode we had last week, uh, which was the big battle episode in Winterfell. So, at, it, it was kind of interesting how everything shaked out. I think that it was a lot more sitting and talking than I expected it to be, particularly with the fact that we now only have two more episodes after the season, but it wasn't without some big action and a couple of uh, big moments in this uh, episode, so let's get right to it. So, let me first get you to my co-host this week, starting with Vlad Francois. Vlad, you are Mr. Confirmed Kill himself. <laughs> uh, were you yeah. satisfied with the confirmed kills you got this week? I was incredibly satisfied with the first shot being a uh, Sir Jorah. <laughs> yes, that was your confirmed <laughs> kill. There, there was a little bit of debate last week whether or not he was really uh, dead. Yeah, there was a little bit of debate. Um, I'm, I guess you could say I'm glad that you know they you know shut that you know they clipped that thread. Um, but uh, yeah, you know it was good. It was good. Yeah, that's like a confirmed kill dreams. <laughs> bodies on the bodies first, on bodies. Yeah, the first quarter of the episode was uh was really good. <laughs> uh join us also is Martin Torres. Uh Martin, what's up, dude? Hey, hello world. Uh <laughs> first I want to shout out uh James. It's his birthday today. Yes, we would be is. remiss not not to celebrate our, our brother in the way that they were celebrating after being beating the long night. So cheers to that man. And I I will agree with you. E. It's a very it's a it's a very much a come down episode, especially after uh, a very battle heavy, weary episode last week. But I think it I, th- I think the problems we had in um, the season so far were kind of addressed here in terms of how the show was paced. So it was nice to ha- it was nice and refreshing to have focus more on characters in ways that kind of made a little more sense. But we'll get into that. I think you made a lot, lot, make a lot of sense with those, uh, with those points, Martin. Also on the show, uh, Billy Torres, Billy, um, our resident uh, Song of Fire and S Game of Thrones books expert, TV expert. What were your uh, first impressions of this episode? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, back on the confirmed kills point, it ended and started with confirmed kills. So, yes, I'm sure Vlad was very sad. Well, it was a blur at the end. It couldn't really. Uh... Uh, sure. They could have. They could have swapped the bodies or something. Yeah. Word. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Uh, the the issues that I've had with the, the 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 scope of the show for this episode ever really have persisted because I felt because last episode and for the entire season I'm I've said out loud. Do, do they really think we care who's going to be on the throne? Is that what we care about? Is the end game, like, is is what the people have been watching for 10 years or so, investing 80 or so hours, is that predicated on people bickering about who should and shouldn't be on the, on the Iron Throne? And they they decided to emphasize that in this episode and for and this season. So... This episode kind of frustrated me in that sense. But, interesting. Yeah, but we can get into it later. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting to to look at because um, it kind of goes back to the, the philosophical conversation we had last week, Billy, where I talked about what 
whether or not we agree with the with the direction that they're going, are they executing it well? Because I've always said that to me, they, since I would say season five, maybe six, at the latest, they the, the show seems to have been uh, hell-bent on giving the people what they want. And you're just asking a question of what do the people want. And I think maybe you want more of what we've seen the first three or four seasons where anyone could die, things were a lot more, seemed a lot more realistic in terms of how things played out. Whereas I think the kind of fan theory, fantasy land uh, I, aspect of the show's fan base has gotten a lot more of what they've wanted to see the last several seasons. I think this episode, I can see why this episode will frustrate you. Um, I can see why this episode could also excite a lot of people. I enjoy this episode a lot. Um, but a lot of it was now just like, Purely just the politics of Westeros. That's what this episode was pretty much entirely about. And kind of setting up, you know, the different scenarios that can now be at play now that the, you know, the Night King and the White Walkers, all of them, they're kind of out of the picture, it appears. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it to you, Vlad. What did you make of kind of how everything shook out in this episode? Is there anything particular you wanted to, to, to start off with? Well... I think this is by far Game of Thrones' horniest episode. Really? <laughs> like, the first quarter. Like, everyone's coming down from the war, and everyone's just getting, like, paired off. And, like, they had a Rianne and Jamie drinking game, and everyone in that whole, like, dining hall was very, like, jovial, you know, as people tend to be after a war. <laughs> uh, like, minus, like, the second half, but, like, I think I've seen the most, like, people giving each other eyes per <laughs> per person in this in like the whole series i guess we had a marriage proposal for yeah, that, yeah. That's a, that's a, um and i think yeah and i think on that this world because there's like super super bowl babies so they basically just had <laughs> yeah apocalypse babies like pretty much samuel like, samuel like says that like oh there's nothing to do it was pretty cold like <laughs> so of course me and gilly are gonna have you know another bun in the oven um but yeah i think um like, there are a lot of people who are, like, getting their affairs in order. Certain threads are being, like, you know, tied off in terms of um, which people are going to be retiring or becoming lords or going off to do their own thing. Um, with so few episodes left, I think um, they're, like, the writer's best interest is to get certain characters in, like, good spots in terms of, I guess, their future careers or something in terms of, like, the show. Uh, I don't, I don't see them like leaving any threads loose, because they, as you guys mentioned, like they're bent on like pleasing the audience, not necessarily, um, I guess you could say, crafting their own narrative. It's hard to explain, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm not like against what I saw today. I I like the camaraderie in the first half, and I like the the shift to uh, you know focus on taking King's Landing and the Iron Throne. And I like the, the many conversations throughout the episode of the personal and, like, grand scheme um, situations that are to come in the next episode. Yeah, Torres, I mean, just thinking about kind of how this episode played out, I felt like the last episode, obviously, you feel the the joy that a lot of people had with them. With uh, of course, the Night King being killed and all, and the White Walkers, and that kind of threat being over, I felt like this episode 
was for the fan who thinks, oh, well, now everything's set, like, Dane's going to be on the throne, or John's going to be on the throne, or some aspect of that's going to happen, and everything's going to be Gucci. I felt like this episode, T, tried to really set up how things, while, yes, they're happy that they've won, things are not that great. You know, they, they kind of gave us a number on how many troops they lost. They pretty, basically said it was half of everything, um, uh, to, like an Eddie Murphy skit. It was just half. Uh, thanks to their fight with the White Walkers. Um, it seemed like so much. It did seem like more. I thought that I was a little surprised. They lost the entire Dothraki, like, race. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised. <laughs> they said they were half, they were still Dothraki left, which I'm like, how is okay. that possible? Where? <laughs> that's, the, Where? That's, that's the issue with what we saw. Because yeah. what I was complaining about last episode was the fact that you saw, like, it looked like they had no chance of surviving. And yeah. the reason that it looked like there was no chance they were surviving was because they literally showed stacks of zombies that were climbing around castles. Like, there was towers, and there was, like, 30 or 40 zombies making, like, piles so big that they could climb over the towers. Like, it was World War Z. Mm-hmm. And then in this episode, it's just like, oh, we're... we're this is our nice snowy castle, and there's no zombie bodies. Which again, I'm not going to. I think that's like a few though. days. Well, how soon after the battle was so, the episode? Was it the next day? So the zombie bodies. Remember, I, I feel like remember a lot of those people that were were buried or burned were also zombies. So I felt like for me, like they moved all of them into that that they all got burned because now because it wasn't like when the night only like the night king's ice. Our ice, what council, whatever you want to call them, they're the only ones who like exploded. But like the other people are just regular whites who were actually, you know, people from Winterfell and other army members who actually were killed and then uh, were brought over. So like maybe they, so I yeah, yeah so like that. exactly. So I think that we're now there weren't enough people clearly. Like like they had a lot of people stacked bodies on bodies and it was on multiple things, but it still wasn't as many people that was killed as last week. The only thing I can assume is that perhaps, like, you know, the really undead, like, the ones who came over from the wall, like, they didn't, we didn't have any ceremony to see how they got rid of those bodies. But anyone who was actually killed in the battle, those were the bodies that we saw. It must have taken a while. It looks like they were doing uh, that, um, that effigy, like, grand mass funeral in the morning, like, the morning after. Yeah, I assumed it was pretty close. But again, like, like, time, time is, like, time... And there's some time issues in this episode. Like, time is, like, not a thing, really, in the show anymore. Like, how they would have gotten, like, the whole thing together, like, that that quickly. Yeah. I think they're fast-forwarding through, like, the like the paperwork, <laughs> in a sense. But like, Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they cleaned the bodies, and uh, they're moving on. All right, they're moving on. But, Torres, I did feel like this episode did kind of set up, you know, perhaps future challenges that, that they face. You know, I think they definitely showed uh, Daenerys having the eye of the Mad Queen at certain times. They showed... Uh, Varys pretty much saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna commit treason if uh, if the time is right and the money is right, and you know he he pretty much lays out the reasons why Danny Danny can't be queen and that it should be someone else, most likely John. Uh, I, I felt like John was just an idiot in this episode. He was infuriated me. He was infuriated me the whole time. Well, um." It's one of the weird things about this episode is they kind of yada yada the apocalypse. Um, 
and like you said, it kind of like, well, we got that out the way, so let's focus on my throne. And we were kind of, we were talking about that at the end of the show last week, like, are they really just going to yada yada that and just keep it moving, pretend like nothing happened? And everything that Danny did, it showed, you know, they lost half. She's impatient. She is, um, she is condescending. She is wrathful. She's, she got crazy eyes. And Varys <laughs> is just like, yikes, dude. Uh, what are we going to do about this? And um, I actually did enjoy that. I think, like, you know, we Billy is a big um, big proponent of, like, hey, what's going on? And I don't like the direction the show is going. I think the show really wants to focus on the throne as opposed to the Night King. So that's why everything just kind of, like, tossed to the side. And that's why we enjoyed this episode. Excuse me, we. I'm speaking for all y'all. That's mm-hmm. why I enjoyed this episode because it really was focused and narratively uh, cohesive. Um, but it's important to recognize all the things that go into it and uh, go into being a king, being a queen, ruling ruling kingdoms, and you saw all of that. Uh, one of the things that um, that I would maybe disagree with a little bit is I I thought that they gave enough time, kind of. I don't want to say maybe they didn't get enough time in terms of like talking about the fact that they stopped the dead or whatever. But I mean that that procession uh, after the funeral is a lot of this episode, um, and a lot of it is you know not maybe not necessarily just talking about what happened, but it is a lot of the euphoria of actually winning. Um, yeah, and I think they spent. I think I, I felt like I felt like they you know I could be in, in the minority here, but I felt like they did that justice. I thought that you had the funeral. I thought that you had the celebration. I thought you had the the, the different character moments with different people, whether it be uh, you know Danny with with John, and, you know, kind of now recapping the fact that uh, you know about where they're going in their future. Um, Arya with Gendry, Sansa with the Hound. I, I thought that there was enough there to where I felt that's kind of why I liked this episode a lot. It was like wow, like this episode really I thought used the extra time that they had well. One of the yeah, criticisms I, I saw was that one of the criticisms last week I saw was that people felt like that episode was even people who liked it felt like it didn't have to be an hour and twenty minutes. Like this one, I felt like it had to be, but they used their time well. I never felt like I was watching something that was pointless. Like I felt like they were there were character moments that needed to happen for this episode. I felt like it was well deserved. I liked like the post-war like jovial sense and how it's the most that Brienne has been smiling this whole time. She's never. Like, a lot of things is like, come out to light, uh, like, uh, the, uh, Tyrion's drinking game, um, Tormund giving John like, a huge, like, a tears moment at the end, um, Daenerys, like, getting up and, like, claiming Arya to be the hero of the battle, I, I was unexpected. That was cool. Um, yeah, and, She was like, playing to the crowd, Genji though. on his way out, and, like, uh, Daenerys also appointing him, like, Lord of wherever. Storm, was it, uh, <laughs> um, Storm's Genji End. Baratheon, yeah. yeah Storm's End. And, yeah, it was, yeah, it, like, every, everyone who was, like, shouted out was very, you know, it was well, very well-deserving of it. And all these people, like, being drunk and happy, it, it was really, it was really, like, nice to see. It was really nice to see all these people, like, finally happy after, like, so many days of, like, sadness. And there, and there definitely was a real joy. I did enjoy, I, I did enjoy that a lot. I think laughing it up and seeing these interactions in a positive way. And, you know, they really use that 
that camaraderie to highlight the fact that everyone likes John and no one really likes Danny. Yeah. <laughs> and how that's gonna separate the two. Like she he's swearing fealty because he is a man of honor. Um but we all know what happens to men of honor in this show. Um Mm. And I think that's why it gets more and more absurd is because everybody, I think the only person who's really Team Danny, that's not like literally like her queen, his, his, her, excuse me, who is not, who, who Daenerys is not already the queen of is Tyrion. Everyone else is like, guys, um, are we sure about this? Probably, yeah. Are we sure about <laughs> this? John's better. It's Sansa. It's Tormund. It's Varys. Um, it's Arya. It's all these people. Just like every episode, they're just like, John's a better fit. He's not a crazy person. People like him. He's a war hero. Like Varys and Tyrion literally had this conversation. And uh, I th- I think more and more, you know, we, we talked about who should be, who's going to be on the throne. And I guess today kind of threw up my Gendry pick, but whatever. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I think it strengthened your Gendry pick. Because she legitimized Gendry as... Uh, a Baratheon. So if if hypothetically, oh right, she were to she, have she recognized field, his, if his she had any power, then her declaring that he is a Baratheon gives him more claim to the throne because uh, it again it's all a clusterfuck at this point. So I think I get all that at this still. point. At this point, right now, he's third in line. If we're looking logically, it's it's John Daenerys. Than Gendry, if we're putting any stock in um, feudalistic, I don't know, succession or whatever, because yeah. yeah so if anything, it strengthens your your theory about it. But still, anywho, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it really shows like that. I think that's what's that the John and Daenerys um, dynamic is probably going to be the what what is the culmination of the show. Because I think everything has been leading up to that. Every character has been fixated on their opinions of both of them as leaders. Yeah. And I think it was really highlighted today as, like, she went from crazy eyes to ventral. And, you know, we'll get into, like, all those other moments. But she's getting... You could see when she was kind of, like, hulking out a little bit. Varys is like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah. Um, Let me go talk to some people. Oh, what's his, what's his thing? His little... The whispers, what was little birds, little birds, little birds, and um, figure out what the hell's going on in her head because she is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And, but for me, it's crazy it, like a fox. I, I agree with the broad strokes of the episode. I did like what they were trying to say, but I don't like how they decided to go about it because I felt like I was watching a telephone. Like I was watching people play telephone, where it's just like everybody was passing the secret that John is actually this the heir, and then everybody had to talk to everybody else about how they feel that John is obviously a better ruler than Daenerys. So I feel like if they if they kind of shaved off like cut off the fat of a couple of those scenes, where it's just like Varys, I know how if Tyrion just went Varys, I know how you feel about this. You don't need to tell me for a third time in this episode. Like it's literally me right. and you. This is the third time we're having this conversation, Varys. I get it, but it happened three times, and it was just like, eh. and then we had to see Bran tell Arya. But, but I think, Santa. but the, I think the only thing with the Varys scenes were, I felt like every time 
they went back to Varys, it was because he just saw some next, some more fuckery, for lack of a better term, from Danny. Like, it was like, he first heard on the boat, and they're like, hey, wow, like, well, he would make a better king. And then after they get ambushed, and she's like, all right, we going after him. I don't care. He goes back to him like, yo, fam, like, this is really concerning. Like, I think, I like, I don't, I, I guess to me it didn't feel as repetitive because I felt like it became, like, they kept talking about it more because Danny was giving them more reasons to talk about it. I also felt like maybe this was, I, I may be giving them too much credit on this part, but I felt like it was a little bit of a callback to how, uh, what's the, what, uh, Tywin would talk about how the people of King's Landing would talk about Jamie and uh, Cersei. And while we never really saw those conversations, like, no one, like, for whatever reason, we never saw, like, the the inner, like, gossip, you know, gossip about, you know, what it is with those kids and whose kids are those really and are those twins actually doing something they shouldn't be doing. Like, we heard that those were happening. We never saw it. I felt like, like, Danny like, said, hey, like, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And John, because, again, I, I thought he was being idiotic almost the entire episode, did the thing and now we were kind of seeing how that happens like there's no way like something that explosive and that juicy doesn't become the fodder and uh i thought that to me it was a little bit of a full circle moment where like what kind of tore apart the lannisters in many ways was now kind of tearing apart the targaryens and we're seeing it like the, the first iterations of it They're just both stubborn. <laughs> uh, Daenerys, it's so weird. I wish like, I'm with Daenerys. I wish, I wish, made, I, yeah, I I wish, wish John her, never told her. <laughs> I wish they made it her a little, little more symp- sympathetic because they're kind of laying it on thick on this point. Because they, they spent the, the whole <laughs> episode showing you multiple ways about how she's not the best. So I feel like if they dialed that back a little bit, because it can't just be like, oh, in the last two episodes we flipped the switch for... Oh, Daenerys is she's totally cool too. Oh, she's the Mad Queen. This chick is crazy. I th- I think it's good and bad because um, I uh, in the back of everyone's head, like we know Daenerys has been trying to get this throne for like you know literally years. She's gone. She's been through hell and high water, but I don't think they're conveying that properly because um, yeah, she's been uh, going for the throne for a while, and she's clearly upset that she that there's a potential for the rightful heir John to to take the throne. And then John's just throwing it back at her, and then like uh, Genji Baratheon's in her midst. Like they're not showing like these factors affecting her, like a, like it would affect a normal person. Like they're just, I guess the camera's just lingering on her face while she just stares blankly into space. But that's not really good for but like. Do, but are we supposed to like? Are, and this is a question: to You are, are we are we supposed to see her? She she has always kind of been a rash leader but i think this episode was probably the most rash she's been like it, uh, like maybe i think they tried to do with some of those scenes you're talking about where she kind of looks around like damn i'm not loved here like nobody <laughs> like this is not like this is like these people are not my people um but she acts very desperately all throughout this entire episode she desperately pleads with john not to say anything about what happened she desperately, despite, you know, common sense being like, yo, maybe you should chill because, like, you just fought the 
undead and half your men are gone. Um, the way she pulled up and was like, nah, we're going to get Masande. It's going to be all good. She's going to surrender and we'll see what happens. And how that didn't work out. Like, it, it, are we supposed to maybe see that maybe the heat of these other people being around and having claim to the throne is affecting her judgment? Because right, we're kind of looking at we're looking at it from the lens of Mad Queen, but are we looking at it as the lens of okay, the heat is on because now there are actually other people and other factors uh, that could threaten her 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 claim to it. Well, I feel like this is nitpicking on my part. Um, we just didn't get like the the few character moments of her reacting to all these factors. True. Um, like I like like the way she's been acting, I get it. And every time she like you know pulled up to Thirsty or she tells John you know don't tell anyone like I get these moments, but in terms of seeing her as a person react to these factors, it's not there. I'm not mad at that. It's just I haven't seen it, and it's just okay. Now Daenerys is just becoming a person with a very obvious traits rather than a complex human being like every major character that like that's around her. Yeah, she's, a also she's a caricature. She's a caricature. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's That's so exactly it. like ah, they, that again. It's really just intensity. If they dialed it back a little bit, it would be mm-hmm. so much better because it'd be more nuanced. Because the the issue is that I don't know. They, I think Tyrion said it in this episode. The whole idea of their ruling structure is that power is where men believe it to be, or whatever. So they. It, it is kind of a house of cards because it's a complete clusterfuck because it's about they kind of rationalize it with like oh it's the the true lineage and you don't know should the nephew should, should the son of the rightful king who died before the actual king died should he be king or should the that king's daughter king you know what i mean like it's com- it's complete mess so like if they focus it's not if the episode was about the politics of it then i'd be like that's interesting and that's dynamic or that's something new or that's something we haven't explored in fantasy and medieval stuff but it's really just oh wow this chick is crazy oh i'm gonna i'm gonna tell Arya and sansa that I'm the true heir, and then Sansa's going to talk to Tyrion, and then Tyrion's going to talk to Varys about how this chick is crazy, and then Varys is going to talk to Tyrion again about how this chick is crazy, and then Varys is going to talk to Tyrion again about how this chick is crazy, and then Sansa is going to still keep thinking that that chick is crazy. So, like, if it was... They they needed to have more nuance. It can't just be, this chick is crazy, this chick is crazy. But then, like, given the amount of time left on the show, like, I get why that's not there. And I also feel like while they did, while not, that's not a fair point, Billy, I think they did, I, th- I think they each time they did preface it by also speaking to John's strengths. It wasn't just, we need to get rid of this chick because she's awful. In fact, I thought oftentimes it was more about, look, like, Danny is who she is, but like, John has all the traits that are, that make her, make him make sense as a leader. I, I wouldn't say that it was all more about Danny and not having nuance in terms of just it all being about her not being worthy i think they did i think they did a little more than that they definitely spoke to john's traits as being someone who would be uh who would be a better leader you know so 
one of the things uh, about this episode was, of course, the the death of one of the dragons. Which dragon did we lose tonight? Viserion. Uh, Viserion. Oh, Rhaegar. Oh, Rhaegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Viserion's there. Yeah, we still got him. Rhaegar, so he's gone. We lost Masande. Um, I was so surprised Rhaegar. Yeah, that was... Um, no she's, confirmed body. She's, she's blowing a three-dragon lead. <laughs> yes. She's not down then, to one dragon. But then that was like a sneak attack, like... I don't know what she thought, like, because when they were, when she was both flying in the air, like, I was, like, waiting for something to happen because this is, like, I guess you could say too easy. Yeah. I'm like, why are you just, like, flying above King's Landing, who's, like, which, who's known for, like, you know, militaristic... Yeah, they have ballistas. Uh, They've shown that twice. Yeah. yeah. They've shown it in the intro, every single intro. They sh- they show, like, a the giant crossbow, whatever it's called. So now, to be clear though, I don't think they were flying to King's Landing. We're, they were going back to their they're like base. Right? Yeah, they're they going to Dragon Zone. Zone. Oh, yeah. Well, that that seems like an obvious trap, but I don't know. But, yeah, it did seem. They, I, I don't know. It did seem like they were like you know a little bit too much uh, happy love after flying in the free freely with no concern about anything. So my question yeah, when is, Ray, yeah. my question is, did they know? Like, I don't remember in the episode. Did they say? that we need to take back Dragonstone, or did they say that we need to go back to Dragonstone? Because if they knew that they were going to encounter the Ironborn, they should have known... Not the Ironborn, Euron's fleet. If they knew they were going to encounter them, they should have been at least... I gotta uh, watch the episode. Yeah, I gotta be... Cautious. Yeah, I gotta watch the episode again. I, I yeah, couldn't remember the language Tyrion used when he was talking about where everyone was going. Um yeah. I didn't get the. I mean, they didn't act like they were trying to take anything back. And again, <laughs> they were not riding like they were trying to take anything back. And again, not to be nitpicky, but if you're in the sky flying a dragon and you see a bunch of ships with um, hostile Flight. sails, and you know that yeah. they have ranged weapons, but I don't think they saw them. Which yeah, is, I, I can't assume she's, um, she's in the air. But like, clearly, they didn't see them because. Danny was surprised when one of them got shot. Like, yeah, she's in the air, but she's also like many miles away. <laughs> she, so can the, out, the, she can make out. She can make out the shape. Well, can't shoot many miles away. Uh, again, that's nitpicking. Because uh, for me, in my head, I'm like, wait, how bliss. does she not see it? Because if the dragon could, if you or a dragon could see big ass ships with red and gold in the middle of the sea, then if the, if that if they're close enough to shoot you, you should be able to see them. It's not a sniper. It's not like it, they were hiding behind cover. It's, like, it's still like all wood. Like I'll, you'll be able to make out the the insignia on the flag way you know way better than um like an all wooded paneling weapon. Not only that, like I'm upset that it seems as if the first spear hit um Rhaegar. <laughs> oh, then like yeah, you're on like, first. They were, like, they were super accurate for some reason. Yeah, his first uh, two shots he was he was money, and then after that he was like two for thirty. He's still, <laughs> no, but he still got the W. But he he yeah, still got the W, though, yeah. He, got the w, he, like, took down Rhaegar in, like, what, out of 10 shots, he hit him, like, seven times? One in the throat? I think it was only, I think it was twice, but that was all he needed. Maybe two so or three times? It, it was two two in the chest, one in, like, the wing, and, like, one in the throat. Yeah, one and, like, one went right through one went right through the throat. But still, is... that's, like, extremely far away. Yeah, he was yeah. he was money with that. He was money with them uh, with that crossbow. Yeah, he, was, he really was. Um... So anyway, that was that was surprising. Did not see that coming. Uh, 
But again, like, like I was saying before, it, it did kind of set up this episode being like, oh, like your heroes aren't in the greatest shape, great shape that you think that they are. That's did anyone fit? Bill, you're not falling for that okie doke. You feel like things will work out in the end. Well, I do, but this is that this is kind of what I've wanted for the whole season because I think in the when we were talking about episode one, my my opening statements were basically they need to nerf Daenerys because they do they they needed to plan around their advantages. So I I like that a dragon went down today and that um I don't know. Lit- the vision logistics notwithstanding, um, I liked how that was ex- executed because they completely, they, it was a mistake. It wasn't like a, la- a lapse in show logic. It was a lapse of character logic, which is perfectly fine. People make mistakes, so they made a dumb mistake and they suffered for it. And now, they're, the, Daenerys is blowing her three dragon lead. So, now that's, that makes it a little more interesting. So I did. I liked how that shook out, and I want to see how they didn't show the other forces coming down the King's Road, right? No, because their army. So her army's broken up to two pieces. One half was to either take back or go back to Dragonstone. The other half was um, they were going, going field. Going yeah, going on land. Yeah. So maybe. Um, maybe they, out. Maybe there's the Cersei and Kyburn. They could think up something, some way to outsmart them on land as well. So that's something I'm looking forward to next episode. Yeah, I think I, I tell you what. I mean, uh, maybe it's just me. I felt way. It, maybe this show. Maybe I'm I'm a sucker. I'm I'm going. I'm falling hook line sinker. But I felt not to say that I think that. Cersei's gonna end up winning and being on the throne at the end, but I, I just have a bad feeling that this is not gonna end well for John or Daenerys. That they're that they're kind. I, I get the feeling they're almost like cross, like a star-crossed lovers, and that this union is gonna end up being the death of them. What that Dude. means, what that means, you know, whether that means that Cersei still wins, I don't know if that's the case, but I, it just don't seem like it's in the cards for them to me, at least. I don't know. Like they, yeah. the way they, because they maneuver, they both maneuver so foolishly, and to me, like they definitely. I mean, I, I thought they paid a good job painting a picture of like, you know, John like blindly following this woman, like when like you know Sansa and Arya were clearly making points, like yo, dude, like this is not a good idea, and I feel like this might end up being his like fatal mistake. Like he almost died over uh, the Wilding woman too because of his feelings. Like that actually. Very much almost killed him. Well, actually, you could make Daisy did kill him. Uh, sure. So it did. I, I didn't make the case. It did kill him. So, so we know how he gets with women, and I think this is kind of happening again. And I don't know if this misdirect we're expecting or hoping for in terms of them being happy together after I, this week. I don't. I don't. I feel way. I don't feel good about that. I feel like there's I a hope. very good chance we're not going that direction. That it could be someone that we're not expecting being on the Iron Throne. Maybe there isn't an Iron Throne. Maybe it's just like a, a different, like the, the way we, they maneuver in Westeros post, post this, this event is going to be just totally different. Yeah, like that's my issue. Like who cares about the Iron Throne? We're like, we're talking about 
hundreds of people's lives. And even if we're only because fo- the show only focuses on the main characters, like we only saw like the burning of the characters that we saw. Whatever, fine, that's fine. But if we're focusing on there's so many main characters that we have. We want to know what happens to the Northmen. We want to know what happens. It can't just be about, oh, well, who's on the Iron Throne? He should be on the throne or she should be on the throne. Those are the only three possibilities are Cersei, Jon, and Daenerys. And I feel like the show has, they're kind of structuring it like, I don't know, if you've looked at any of like the marketing stuff, they're trying to like advertise it like this. It's kind of like a Team Edward team jacob thing where it's just like they're making it so obvious that those are the only three options because but, but i think not... this episode i think this episode I, th- I i don't think they did that in this episode like that's where i think i disagree i think i like, I, right. fe- I feel like they like this episode i look at this and i'm like i think there's gonna be a lot of bloodshed and again like maybe they're just really because like look they telegraphed aria and sansa going at each other before they came together against Littlefinger. Maybe this is what they're doing again. And that was not executed very well. Um, But this, I, I, I have more, I'm believing them a lot more that like, because again, like I just, Daenerys is so, uh, is so, you know, she's so fire and fiery is the only word I can think of. And that's like a, you know, a bad pun there, but like, she's such a, a, a fiery leader and thinks so much off of, um, her anger at times, and John is just so like. He, 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 he sometimes he just doesn't really really seem to take the kind of mantle and think in the kind of way the leader needs to think. I don't yeah. see how like like they kept making the case that John was a good leader. I I didn't believe, I didn't agree with them. Yeah, he, I didn't he, think I didn't think either of them were good leaders. We watched we watched the show for seven years. He keeps falling up. Yeah, every time he is a leader, he it doesn't go well. Yeah, he survives, but but, but they don't. Of like boys, yeah. Isn't, isn't this guy great? Like he, everything has, everything that's gone like, wrong has gone wrong on his watch. It's yeah, all of his, all of his like, close boys are speaking like positive of him, and that's like where his, uh, I guess, positive accolades are coming from. Like Tormund is like talking up a storm like all the time. And like that's the best hype man you can ever have. But, but John's like, oh no, I don't. Well, but I was wondering if that is like a commentary. Like that's the Northmen are gonna. They stand for their their guys, and I think, I think Bill, kind of hit on the point. It's like the the only one that's mentioning this fact is Tyrion that John does not want to be king, and like just because people like you, just because you have the camaraderie, does not make you a good leader. Like um, he's an effective, he's an effective warrior. He's empathetic. That's what got the wildlings. He earned their respect through, through those kind of things. He'll be a, a warrior king, but that's not what is being called. That's like that's not what the situation's called for. You're dealing with a psychopath in a, in a tower. It's either strength or tact. He has neither right now. He's just sp- pledging fealty. popular. He, he's just popular. He's he's focusing on honor. He's winning the popular vote. Yeah, but but that's not. This isn't a democracy. You know, like this. It. Every, when they talk about thrones as a monarchy, and he, I don't think he's a good fit for it. And, and and he's making these decisions based on honor. And as a guy whose favorite character was Rob Stark, um, you could kind of see how, like, I went down that road before in terms of honor-bound heroes. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. And he should know that better than anyone. He got killed for honor, literally. 
But the question is then, will the showrunners remember that? Because they, they certainly wrote that way for jo- for Rob. But John acts in similar ways, and he has paid for it. Like I said, he died, literally. But will he pay for it uh, as this um, arc continues? I want to get to the end and then get to some of the other ep- parts of the episode so we don't spend so much time just on John and, uh, and, and Daenerys. Did anyone, I mean, like, I, I enjoyed that last scene with, I mean, I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was well done, the last scene with, was, you know, with, with Tyrion speaking to homeboy, uh, the weirdo scientist, and then, Hyper. <laughs> and then, and then the, you know, decide, all right, I'm not talking to your homie anymore. I'm just going to talk straight to you. But, oh, it's like, it's like Tyrion, it's like the only one who thinks that Daenerys is not a monster. Like, I don't know, like, in what. What well, in think, his mind did he think that that was gonna go any differently than it did? I, I think that I think Tyrion's point is that he's he's basically telling everybody focus. Like, I yes, you're right that she's making mistakes and she's being crazy, but this is not what we need to focus on. Same thing with Bran, like a couple episodes where he's like, "Hello, the dead are coming." Tyrion's like, "Hello, we're fighting a war against." Like the queen, we don't need. To, why are we focusing on who should be king or queen afterwards when we haven't even fought a war yet? We don't want to uh, split the vote if we're gonna stick to. Well, no, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about when he was he was talking to uh, the scientists at the very end when when he goes up to Cersei and he's pleading with Cersei, oh, okay. and, and he's well, like, "Oh, I you're not a, a monster." And I had I had an issue with that because okay. in this show again for the last. For the whole the whole show entirely, they every character all they talk about is Cersei is about how much she loves her kids. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's just like, are they telling not showing? Because they're just like, oh, you love your kids, don't you? You love your kids. This is oh Cersei. She she's say what you want about Cersei, but she loves her kids, and it's such a she hasn't really displayed that. Or like even like why are we talking about that when? Well, I think well so two twofold. I I I disagree and agree. Like the part where I agree with yes, why are we talking about that? I would say yes, that's why it didn't work. <laughs> um, gotcha. So in that sense, yeah, that didn't work. Cause like what the f are you talking about? We about to square up. You talking about my kids? So off with this chick's head. On the part where I disagree, I do feel like with. Joffrey, that was a, obviously he was a tough person to deal with. I do feel like with Tommen, I mean the way he she like just was like all up in his relationship with the other woman who I can't remember her name right now, and Marjorie, and 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 Al. I mean she was, I mean she was broken about what happened with uh, her daughter before when she left, when she found out what happened. Like I mean like like I think that they showed that yeah she definitely does. Care about our kids? That was it more than any normal parent. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I think that they did show that for sure with those two kids. Yeah, at the very least, and she was yeah. very torn up when but, um when her daughter got. But yeah, that's my issue because that, I feel like it's an ego thing. Because remember the whole prophecy thing in like what was it season five where she yeah said, all your parents are, yeah so it's like oh we're gonna you're gonna all your kids are gonna die this and that so like I feel like it's less about like her kids and more about the fact that because especially with the marjorie thing it wasn't about oh i feel like 
Tommen is going to get corrupted by this woman. It's like, oh, this younger woman is going to assert my power. And then, of course, she's going to be sad when her son dies. Like, she's mm-hmm. not a complete sociopath. But, like, I feel like her character thus far has been so self-involved, especially with the prophecy thing or with, um, with the machinations of the throne where... And then people keep bombarding us with this, oh, Cersei loves her kids so much. She loves her kids more than anything. Her kids are the most important thing. Where it's like, yeah, she loves her kids, but I I don't get that from the character because, again, a a lot of her motivations to to do any of these actions have not been about her kids. Like, her, her, she basically... 9-11, her own city, and we're supposed to be like, oh, wow, she did that because she totally loves her kids? No, she's she's a power-hungry person, and to keep talking, like, the fact... Like, but I don't think know, but I don't think anyone, but, but to be fair, though, I don't think she, she didn't, I mean, she didn't think that what, like, that, her time in dying ended up being a unforeseen result of her yeah, actions. She didn't, yeah, she which, didn't do it to spite him, but, like, she didn't, if she wanted to do something... It wasn't about it wasn't about Tom at all. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's about Cersei, 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 Cersei's number one. And I love my kids, but if I guess someone's yeah, power, you I, I, destroy everything. I guess where I would well, disagree is that I think. That. You, go ahead, T. You, like you wouldn't. That, really, that's kind of the point of her character. That's true. You're, you're like talking as if like that's that's antithetical. That's she's a bad she's person. Not, she's <laughs> yeah. not a good person. Like I think. Uh, it kind of sounds like you're, you're you're taking points off for that. Like, yeah, of course. But the only thing that she constantly cares about is her kids. And that's the only thing Tyrion's going to know. And I don't think many people know this was a Maggie the Frog prophecy. She, she's not going to tell someone that probably besides Jamie, And she probably would, wouldn't believe it. But when we have someone like that, like Tyrion was doing his best. Tyrion went into that as like, he he walked up there knowing that Masande was going down. Yes, he did. There's no way. There's he no way. That but that was the last card you played. That's why you don't talk to Kai because Kyburn pretty much said like, "This is what the queen wants." I'm just echoing her things, echoing what she says. And he he just would have sat there if if given the time and just said the same thing six like uh, like Kyburn t- says what Cersei wants for ten hours straight. That's all that was gonna happen. So it was just a last minute plea because. Tyrion is the kind of guy who's just like, not I could, ready. He's just no, he, he is, but he he thinks he has he has a silver tongue and he thinks he could talk his way out of anything. But even yeah. then, he was desperate. He was desperate to yeah. prove a point, and, I and think, he was ready to die. You can't convince me otherwise. He was ready to go. Yes, yes, I think he was. I think he was ready to go. But I also think that he knew that his sister wouldn't kill him then too, because I think he knew. That his sister needed the spectacle of Masande, which is why he 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 moved forward and kept going, even though there were hundreds of arrows pointed at him. Yeah, I think I think in terms of Cersei, the Cersei character arc. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but I will because it's the only comparison I can make. I mean, look, people may say our president isn't the most moral guy, and that he is sometimes very self-absorbed and very selfish. But there ain't no doubt he loves his kids, or at least loves his daughter. And there's a way you can, a person can be self-absorbed, only look out for themselves, be very selfish, but also show 
that they love their kids. I think that they've effectively, for me, they've effectively done that. Maybe not for Billy, but I think they've effectively done that enough with Cersei. Where again, I I I point to how it, it was to me. I thought it was very clear how much she really loved Tommen. Um, and you could make it even made the case the fact that she like when anyone would whisper about, "Yo, man, this Jeffrey guy, we gotta get this guy the f out of here." And like how she was like, "No, he's a king." It's like, yeah, but like he almost killed you yesterday. He's like, I don't care. Like we're not doing that. Like I think that she did ride for her kids. I I think that I think that is fair. I think it's fair for someone in the in the show to be like, "This is my only plea to a person that only does wrong by people." The only person she wouldn't do wrong by, at least not intentionally, is her kids. So maybe I'll I'll go to that plea. I guess my concern, my question was for that scene: Did it just play out a little too predictable? Like I kind of hope that like Tyrion was going to get himself killed, honestly, because that would have been unpredictable. I would have been like, "Oh wow, like Cersei ain't messing around." Like. The fact that, like, he had, like, this plea that we knew was going to fall on deaf ears and Masande um, had to go the way she did, it, it was well acted, well shot, well done. I just don't know if, in terms of, like, uh, to me, like, that was supposed to be your game on moment. I, 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 I wish it wasn't as predictable. Did anyone else feel differently or agree? I, I, I think it was important to get to that point because, like, that's the tipping scale for everybody. Tyrion played all of his cards. Daenerys, um, you can see like the rage, the rage is bellowing. Grey Worm, it's going to be unhinged. And then Varys is like, oh my god, this is again with this, like it's over for everybody. And then Jon kind of rides in, is like, hey guys, what I miss? And you know he's just going to do exactly what Danny says. I actually thought that was um, that's a good opening salvo. You this this the episode ends with her scowl like. Her, like we've been talking about crazy eyes, Danny, but like the way that she was like so angry and sad and just just ready to to rip. He, she would burn everything to the ground. Yeah, it was well acted by Amelia in that and scene, I, and I think that was that was really well done. And like that kind of gets, we know, we have two episodes left, and one of them is going to be sacking the city. So like, I think that's a good way to get to make it more personal. I think that was a whole. Like the whole th- series about making it personal, and it was. Um, and, yeah, go ahead, Billy. Of course, they. It kind of. I felt uh, it was kind of annoying that they just had to, basically, refrigerator Missandei, where she's like, "Oh, we need to kill this." Like, what else was Missandei going to do in the show? To be totally honest, other than die, and have people, or be as a hostage, like. I mean, but, but, but Billy, to be fair, though, I mean, that does, I mean, I don't know. I think that is a character that a lot of people liked that. Yeah, I liked her too. She's like, but they didn't need to do that to her. That's the thing. Or just like when right. they got to that point where, um, especially a couple episodes when Grey Worm did his retirement speech, it's like, <laughs> oh, now that we know Grey Worm's not going to die, they're going to kill Masande. And they, they, and they made it a spectacle, which. Makes sense in terms of the plot, but it's kind of like, oh, well, of course they, like, what else was she going to do? Wrapping up some loose threads. IDK. I mean, I, again, I, I agree that it was predictable. I do think, I don't think that the death didn't have meaning. Like, I, that's where I guess may, or it didn't have, had, or didn't have significance, let me say. Like, I, I think that it was a significant death, even if this wasn't a person that seemed like they had, 
a, a future because of her role in the show. Um, but again, my my I'm not I my my prop, picking her and picking the spectacle for it to be her. I didn't have an issue with. I just thought because they picked her, it became predictable. That was my biggest issue with it. Um, I thought it was acted well. I thought Tyrion had. A, I thought Tyrion and and uh, Dinklage's performance and that plea was w- well done. I thought Cersei's face. Uh, uh, I, I thought uh, Lena acted that. So there was a lot of acting in that scene that really wasn't. Where, where there wasn't a lot of talking. It was a lot of facial expressions between Amelia and Lena, and even Tyrion in terms of how he was trying to make the plea. I thought all that was well done. I, I just. I don't know. I just wish there was some other twist to that scene. Like I kind of wish Cersei would have went more scorched surf in that moment than she even did. But again, I think it's supposed to set up your game game on moment that uh, that we've kind of been expecting. Um, th- like what? A, what? Let's talk about uh, some of the other miscellaneous characters in this episode. Uh, let's go with Jamie and Brienne. So, um, no, that was that was a nice little. Yeah, I mean, we got with them. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they finally did the thing, <laughs> and uh, and I was as surprised as a uh, Tyrion when they, when he, you know, it came out to light that Brienne was a virgin. Yeah, did did Jamie did Jamie need to neg her like that? I felt like that was a little unnecessary. You said neg. Yeah. A... In what way? Yeah, to just be like. When he went back to the room, he said, like, "Oh, you're totally a virgin. Drink." It's like what? <laughs> this I mean, was like that felt, he's like smooth, like, but not is, smooth. Is that supposed? Yeah, is that it felt more like pickup artist douchey. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, you're not that yeah. good anyway. Bud. It felt more like that and less like flirty. It's just like uh, fine. Well, he's he's been banging his sister. He probably doesn't have a lot of tact. I'm crying. Yes, he's <laughs> raped his sister. He definitely does not have yeah like, tact like. Is that what we're gonna? That's the hell we're gonna die in right now. No, <laughs> just, it, it, it wasn't like a, incest monster doesn't have game. No, because like I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, because like I'm looking on Twitter and like people are acting like it's a tender thing. Like, oh my god, Jamie and Cersei together. I'm like, I'm mean, not Jamie and Cersei. Jamie and Brienne together. I'm like, oh, that was. I thought that that was done kind of shittily. Like he looked, he he came off looking really bad after that. It was just like, <laughs> well, he's not a, he's, be... he's a not a good dude. That's literally the whole point of him leaving. <laughs> <laughs> saying I that, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, both. Yeah, the front end and the back end. I'm like, oh. I mean, I think man, I think people missed that. Honestly, I think I think that I think that Jamie yeah. acted the way Jamie should have acted in those scenes, um, and he acted the way he did in the end, where he's like, ah, I'm going back to my sister. I can't can't handle it. There's gonna no, be death, like, death destruction. That was ambiguous to me. I don't know if he's going back because he needs to be the one that kills her or needs to handle her, or is he like, oh, the choice wasn't that good. I'm going back to my sister. I don't know which one it is. You just say choke in the year. Oh, don't tell podcast. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> don't go translating that. After I, America, after you listen to this, go to sleep. Okay, listen to your mother. I. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I did not think of it as a thing with him rejecting Brienne as much as going back to Cersei. I do think it is ambiguous as to why he's going back. I think that I was on purposely, but I don't think it was ambiguous about whether or not it was a thing. Oh, I'm actually, you know, you're not that. I mean, I think he really, really cares for Brienne. 
And, right. I mean, he. I mean, he. He. You don't want to talk about retirement speeches. I mean, he literally retired. Like they made the announcement. Like, oh, he's retired and now he's staying in Winterfell with Homegirl. Like he had the whole thing set up, and he heard what happened with the dragons, and he heard, and he knows what's going to be coming with this massive bloodshed, and he's like, nope, I can't go out like this. And nope. and why he's going back, I don't know. But he made the case that look, I I'm tethered to this woman, you know, and 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 if this is going to be her end, it's going to have to be my end too, or I'm going to have to see the end. Like it's, I think it's going to be unclear. But to me, like he's obviously going to have a ma- a very big role in how whatever happens with uh with Cersei in the end. I can't see that he's not. There's not going to be. There's going to be a conversation between those two for sure. But then they had to contrive him staying and then leaving. Like they couldn't just him just saying, "I need to go with my sister." When they all left, well, I, th- I think why did they I think, need a whole scene for that? Well, I think it was because you're supposed to 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 appreciate, you know, Brienne and him getting together. I think that you're supposed to. I thought that scene was acted very well by uh, by Gwendolyn. I mean, I, I think that the emotion she had when she's, I mean, you can make the case this is the first time she's actually heartbroken. You know, like. This is the first time that she's ever been with a man, and you could make the case maybe she loves Jamie. I mean, I don't know if she would say that if you asked her, but like, there are they've been through. There I are signs, that. yeah, there are signs pointing that she's in love with this man, and she's just now is no longer a virgin. Literally days before, or a day before maybe, and the announcement was made that they're going to be retired together as a couple, and then he bounces. To what seems like his probably almost certain death, whether he kills Cersei and that ends up being his death, or Cersei kills him first because apparently there's a death warrant for him. Like, I, I to me, like I don't think those were unnecessary. Those were scenes that I it would have been worse if he was been like, oh, all right, I'm going to join the fight now. Like, I don't know. I think that it did make Brand's arc more uh, heartbreaking that this is how it ends for her. If it that is indeed how it ends for her, you know, I think she may end up riding down. As well, but I thought it was sad. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, maybe like, I'm, I'm a sucker again. As, for, if we're talking about Jamie's arc from beginning to end, like it would be interesting if at this for the last two seasons he's the he's the man. He he was the oath keeper. He was he talked to Brandon like season four and season three about how he wants to protect uh, Catelyn Stark's daughters and make sure they get to Winterfell safe or whatever. So now. He's without an oath. Like he's, he's trying. He was for the for so long. He's trying to make himself a better man, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. But in this episode, he just felt like, you know what? Eh, I'm just gonna. But 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 Bill, but Bill, the other the other major that that ignored the other major thing about his character, which is that he has this unrelenting thing for his sister. Like like. Like we can, like yes, they they develop that he has a heart and that he has honor in some degree, and that, um, and that he does care for other people besides himself and his family. But it's like it's it's his it's his fatal flaw. Like to me, like he's a tragic character, and I think what we saw today was that tragic flaw once again coming to to light. I I think that you know not. Not every character is gonna end up having the the complete full circle perfect storm kind of end to their character. I think he's grown a lot, but this is just something that 
as as almost like he's an addict. Like it's just it's, it's something that he can't he can't yeah. he can't be without his sister. I, I I I don't think that that's a bad thing that they chose that. I, I think, think that you, it you makes sense. Me, yeah, you me. But it's just I felt like. I, I wish he would have done something too. Like that. Yeah, yeah I, I wish he would have done it differently. Well, I mean, as a as someone who roots for Brienne, and and you know, because I root for Brienne, I hope that Jamie would stay with her. But I, he has a thing for his sister that is just undeniable, is and you know, and, and it's something that is is that he feels is, is something that they've been connected by birth. It's something they both talked about, and uh, once he heard about what happened, he couldn't pull himself away. Anyone else want to talk about Jamie real quick? Nah. Nah. You... <laughs> I love Jamie. Um, I think my favorite scene in this entire episode was everyone being drunk, everyone having fun, everyone excited that they, uh, that they, you know, you know, beat the, the White Walkers and beat the Night King and everyone's getting their congratulations and while everyone's uh, doing that, Arya's in the gym. Arya's getting Arya's getting she's, up shot. Arya's getting up shot. Thousand free throws a day. Yeah, she's shooting a thousand shots. She's working on her handle. She's not. She's she's not she, like that. That to me was like just the perfect. I feel like everything Arya did in this episode was like perfect for who she's become. I think if there's any character they've gotten completely like the right, like they've complete have a complete control and kind of complete vision for who this person is. I think Arya is the one, yeah. and. How the whole scene with Gendry, the scene with the Hound, like everything she was, she wasn't in the episode that much. The scenes with John, where I felt like how measured she was, where Sansa was obviously very upset about just how everything was going on. And Arya's like, look, Sansa's upset and we respect you, John, but you're wrong. And here's why. Like, she's just such a measured person and such a measured character. And it's like, Gendry, get up, get up. <laughs> We're not doing this. I'm not a lady. Like I just, I loved everything that happened with her in the entire episode. But her getting shots in the shooting shots in the gym because she knows she's got unfinished business. That was uh, perfect and definitely the moment of the episode for me. Undefeated, never lost. <laughs> she's just a beast, man. I don't know what to say. I mean, and I mean, I, and the, I like this this season. They've made they could have if if her character was poorly executed, it could have come off like Bran, where it's just like. In the, I think in the last season, she didn't even feel like she was human because she wouldn't talk to people and, like, the whole thing with Sansa and that weird thing. But, like, I like how she's, she's, her, she has a, she's not a complete robot. She's not completely removed, but she is way more measured and she has a temperament about her that no one else really has, which is a testament to Maisie Williams or whatever. But, like, that was, yeah, so she's doing her thing. Um, <laughs> Vlad, any, anything on on you know, Arya this episode? Um, when Gendry proposed to her, I thought she was gonna like give a reference to the, the you know that that uh, that sect with no name, whatever. She's like, "Well, will you be my lady?" She's like, "I'm not a lady. I'm not a lord." I thought she was gonna say, "I'm, oh, I'm no one. Man. I'm no one. I have no face." Yeah, yeah that would have been great, oh. but I guess not. So whatever. Well, she grew. Um, she evolved from that. Remember, she's like, "I have a name. It's Arya Stark." <clears throat> oh well, cool. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not against the fact that she didn't make a reference to that. I'm just. I, I guess I was just waiting for that as a fan, but whatever. Um, I'm glad of the evolution that Arya's taken this, uh, the the entire series. So 
I like her arc. I have no complaints about Arya. So it seems like her and the Hound, Torres, uh, they both have unfinished business. I'm assuming the Hound's unfinished business is with his brother, and that uh, and Arya's unfinished business is with Cersei. Is that how you see it as well? Ultimate tag team. Let's go. Big little, high low. Calvin and Hobbs. Calvin (laughs) Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. That makes sense. I like the Calvin and Hound and Hound. Um, you know, I, I, my favorite. I love the Hound of this episode because just like, yeah, you're celebrating the apocalypse, but everything still sucks. I was just like, come hey, on, get girl, away, get away, me. get away from me, woman. <laughs> Give me my ale. This is my drink. He's like, he poured you a. He's like, he poured himself a glass and he kept the bottle. <laughs> champion. He's he was a, a damn champion. Oh, I I just googled. Arya and the Hound, and there's pictures of them like Calvin and Hobbes. Okay, that's a thing. Okay. Days are on. Always. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I like that theory. How? Um, well, I don't know how they're gonna do that, but I like how uh, Hound is gonna be taking care of his brother while Arya is like, I guess, slipping through the cracks to get to Cersei. That yeah. Like a very cool like tag team. She already ended the Night King, so maybe. Who else, who else in King's Landing is worth assassinating with Arya? It's only... Ibern? Cer- no, it's only Ibern? Cer- no, it's only Ibern. Cersei. Only Cersei. I, don't, I don't think they're going to make her kill the two big bads. Maybe it's going to be Jamie or something like that. Um, I'm dumb. Yeah. I don't know. I'm they might... I, I, I'm gonna say, today, I'm going to say she does. Arya Wait, kills Cersei. Arya? Okay. Yeah. I'm, think, I'm yeah. saying Arya doesn't kill Cersei and then she kills Kyber. I think Ari's gonna get injured. I think she's gonna get cocky. Take an arrow to the knee. Yeah, I think she's so helping and killing Cersei. She's gonna be blind to like some sort of danger that's like imminent. But she get, she does she she still has the ability to steal faces, right? I guess they haven't showed that in a long time. Yeah, because she when she killed Walder Frey was the last time they used it. Yeah, or they needed, they last needed to use it against the Night King because. Apparently she could just she's the Flash and she could just run past people. But my name's Arya Stark and I'm the fastest Stark alive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'm I'm thinking that <clears throat> she's gonna get into King's Landing no problem because she could take people's faces and she's gonna mess mess stuff up. I don't want to curse. But yeah. Already... Oh yeah, it's true. But yeah, she's gonna do her thing. I hope it's not. It doesn't become like a fan servicey thing. Like Arya is just the queen of everything, just by killing these big bads. That that'll be. Uh, that'll be so like obvious, I guess. Like this is one of my problems I had with um, like a long-standing problem in the last few seasons that I also mentioned during the the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, was um, the writers haven't like subverted expectations in a grand way in a very long time. And I just hope they're not being complacent in terms of uh, making certain characters do certain things that we kind of expect and like going for the low hanging fruit, not necessarily being lazy, but just like going for the low hanging fruit, like pleasing a large amount of people rather than uh, conveying a compelling narrative. If Arya were to kill Cersei, I'd be so disappointed, but Cersei's been on the list for a while, so I guess they've been building that. Um, for a while, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I might have to like see how they build to that scene 
when that scene comes in like yeah. the last episode. It's kind of like tea with wrestling in that sometimes <laughs> uh, an a, a outcome could seem predictable and fan servicey, but if it's executed well, yeah. it could still go over. Yeah. So that if they do go that route, that's going to be the question is, well, first of all, the question answer will be yes. It will go now. Will go over in this crowd? I don't know. Oh, for the overall Game of Thrones fans, it will go over. Oh, but 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 will it go over in this crowd? I think it will be with the execution. I think if they execute it well and it's executed in a way like Cersei's death has to be the most fulfilling death of this show. They can't get that wrong. Yeah, because she's she's the she's the one person besides Joffrey. It's like Joffrey was one, and then she was two. God. Like she's. By far now, the person that's death is most wanted on this show for the people who root for the heroes of the show, so they can't get it wrong. So, wait, yeah, I was thinking the mountain and Arya, maybe they could double team the mountain because they both have beef, and maybe like I feel like Sandor, what like just fighting him. Well, one thing, one thing my brother mentioned, which is why I thought Vlad talking about, or maybe it was T, I don't know, but Vlad talking about how, like, maybe, no, Vlad, who's talking about how maybe the Hound will take the mountain and the, uh, and, you know, that will allow Arya to take Cersei. My brother, we were watching together, he kept mentioning how, man, the Hound, the the mountain is, is always with Cersei, no matter where she is. And seeing the Hound with Arya, knowing that who they're going for, that, like, the fact that my brother mentioned that, now kind of makes me double think that again. Like, hmm, okay, the mountain is always with the hound, or with uh, with Cersei. Like, in what world is there going to be a confrontation between the mountain and Cersei? It's mountain, excuse me, the mountain and the hound, where Cersei's not nearby because the mountain's always with the with Cersei. True. She, um, there's just going to be a, a situation where, Cer- well, Cersei is like her presence will be threatened by some factor or whatever, but then like Clegane is going to like block him from following her. <clears throat> when they do meet up, yeah. But I, do you do you know if uh, the Hound knows his brother is like undead? Yeah, they made it. Yeah, he. I, I think he stared him down in the episode, and I feel like okay, they made it more very explicit. Like, it was a while ago, though, right? Yeah, it was when they they showed the white. Oh, oh right, yeah. Up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think someone made a comment, but then in the mountain, like in the show, I think so. Yeah, I think I oh. vaguely remember that. Because I do remember the stare down. I don't know if Sandor like knew, but the mount like his brother's eyes are like bloodshot, so I guess he knew something weird was going down. <laughs> I don't know if he put together like he was like undead. Yeah, there, there aren't well, and also there aren't that many seven foot tall, five hundred pound people who are with Cersei. So like, maybe they put two and two together. Trust me, Vlad. Even if. Uh, you had a, a full blown helmet on. If I saw you had purple skin and red eyes, I would know something was wrong. Yeah. Especially if you like recognize my fro. Yes, yes, and then <laughs> the, the, the hair, really yeah, the 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 phase slash fro coming out of the uh, the helmet would be the sign. Like, all the sign I need. Eyes. <laughs> I'm like, all right, my brother is definitely something's wrong with him. This is not the guy I knew. That boy ain't right. <laughs> uh, I think the last. I, I think we got to almost. All of the stuff to this week. The last thing, I, it's kind of a weird thing to end on, but the only thing we didn't really touch on was uh, Bron in his appearance. Right. Which, I was, sometimes I wish they wouldn't show, like, the preview, like, showing about, like, people, hey, things to remember when you watch this episode. Like, a lot of times it's helpful, but, like, I felt like that one would have been better if he just pulled up 
And because and I loved how in the beginning, like it was a little surprising how like maybe they 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 were drunk to be fair, but it was a little surprising how like Jamie and Tyrion weren't like immediately like very worrisome. The fact that this guy who clearly was been living in King's Landing all this time. Like pulls and has been working with you know Cersei's army this whole time. Pulls up with a crossbow and they don't see him as a threat. The crossbow that killed his father. Yes. So, like, yeah. but maybe well, they were they were really drunk. Like that's the only thing. Maybe and that, also they they've been stringing that guy. They've been stringing that guy along for what five or six years. So I yeah. feel like they don't. Even though he's obviously a threat, they're kind they're kind of elitist Did because they've always just paid him off. Or kind of tricked him, or like, yeah, hey, you could take a castle, whatever, fine. So like, I feel like if if I were to give the 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 showrunners credit, maybe that they're they're just showing that they they never bat an eye to Bronn, even though he's done so much for them. It's like, weird because they're, they're kind of elitist, and they're they're the the rich kids who get whatever they want. Yeah, and he's like a like a a scoundrel. So maybe that's what they're doing. Do you, do you think it's um? Do you think it's weird that they're making Bronn out to be like, like he had Tyrion and uh and Jamie dead to rights, kind of, yes, and like if they like if he came back with like their heads, that Cersei would have you know given him whatever. Um, but do you think like, like letting certain people live until he gets like the highest reward is like, good, like in terms of like his narrative arc? Well, if if they storm. Uh, King's Landing, and Cersei's dead, and the Lannisters are dead. He doesn't get anything. So, oh, so he, he's playing yeah, he's yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah. He said that once as soon as I saw those dragons, I knew Cersei was going to be dead. Okay, good. He, yeah, he, he did say that. Yeah, from the beginning, he's a, he's the guy who will play both sides. Because I don't know if you remember the first season, Bronn got introduced because uh, Tyrion was in a trial by combat, and. Brown was like, "Oh, you'll pay me a lot of money if I defend your life." Because remember, when they went to the 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 Vale. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So that's his whole thing. His whole thing is playing both sides. So mm-hmm. that's why it was kind of like he was never going to kill them. But is he going to come back, or is it just like, "Oh, I'll show up at the end of the war. Whoever wins, you're going to give me what I want." It's that's tough. Hard for me to tell. Yeah, yeah. because he's he doesn't he just seems like the type to want to live. He doesn't like to fight anymore. Like as he said, he's retired. I don't think he's gonna show up in like the heat of battle to make sure like Jamie and uh, Tyrion are alive. And he also said like, hey, after the war, I'll I'll get in touch with you guys. <laughs> he's I'll I'll, I'll I'll email you guys. You guys got Venmo? <laughs> yeah, I'll send a raven. Yeah, I got Venmo. Send me my uh, High Garden. <laughs> high Garden. That's that's a that's a. I mean, that's like a huge. Word. That, I mean that that's, that's a kingdom. Yeah. Well, then I think there's a vacuum in that area, right? Because all the people from the Reach are dead, like all the prominent. Yeah, houses. but that's still like a that's a kingdom. Yes. What do they care? They, they don't they want all they. That's what they, they sent. Uh, Danny. They did with Danny crowned. Gendry. Uh, Gendry. Like you kind of tell all they care about is that the kingdoms that they preside over, they have they basically. It's basically the federal government making sure that the local gov- the state government makes the local government follow their rules. You know what I mean? Because uh, who cares who's going to be the who's going to own High Garden when I'm going to be in King's Landing? We just want to make sure that High Garden never rebels against us. 
Mm. So, it, it's it, it, maybe again, that's me reading into it a little more, but maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. Well, also Tyrion in the scene said, like, you know, what's Highgarden for our lives? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, you know, yeah. in the face of being shot in the face with a crossbow, uh, Highgarden doesn't mean much at that moment. But I, I would, I, I mean, to me, in terms of what Bronn does for the season, I mean, if it ends up being just him, a scene out of him at the end in Highgarden, you know, with the whole kingdom to his thing, that would, that would, that would, I mean, it would be with his character. I mean, he's kind of a guy who's always kind of just like, uh, you know, kind of used his kind of brute, so to speak, or his skill, so to speak, to just like negotiate better deals for himself. Um, he's always kind of a guy who's up to, up for offer, off, up to be, uh, you know, up for, for, for auction, so to speak. So, uh, if you got hard guard, that would pretty much be the top place he could possibly get to. But I think, I, I think, sorry, go ahead, Bill. In his contract, it always, it stipulates that any team that he's part of can match any offer to keep him on the team. Yeah, he, he he's a he's a yeah. constant restricted free agent. Like he, he's constantly <laughs> exactly. restricted free agent. Like he'll sign with someone, but like, if you match the offer, he'll go to you. It doesn't matter. So, but I do I, I don't know, I, I I do hope that I I think that he'll end up having getting his hands dirty in some way in these next two episodes. I don't know what I get the impression that maybe he gets like a really big kill that we don't expect. Like, like, which side is he gonna fight on? Do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I to be honest, I really, I really don't know. He's a very unpredictable character, so I don't know. So, like, I think what I'm what I assumed he meant was that where did where is he? He's in the Riverlands now, right? He has like, he's married to some no name Stokeworth or whatever. Yeah. So he's in the his castle is somewhere in the Riverlands. So I would assume that what he meant by the scene was that. He's gonna duck out to his castle and wait out the war, because he doesn't want to come back without their heads. Because he said he was gonna kill them, and he doesn't want to actually kill them, and he doesn't want to go against Cersei. So I feel like that's what he's doing. He's just waiting out the war in his castle that he already has. Anyone else? Anyone else feel like uh, that's that could be bronze uh, end game here? Uh. I, I think it's a toss up. I don't, I can't I can't think of an ending for this guy. For for a show that we've argued has become too predictable. He's he's the one guy I think we all can agree. Yeah, he's he's, the he's very unpredictable. And I, I praise the writers <laughs> yeah. for making Braun such an enigma. Because like when he showed up today, I didn't know what he was gonna do. Like Same. like there was a, a part of me that thought, I mean, if he killed them now, like it wouldn't shock me. It, it, it would be shocking, but I wouldn't be like it would be the most surprising thing. I could be like, well. He got paid a handsome number, and, like, this kind of shows the show that, like, hey, like, you know, the only loyalty is really to yourself and to your money and to your bank account. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, yeah, I do agree that they've written him well enough to where he can kind of do anything, and we could, uh, we could expect whatever the outcome could be. Uh, last thing, guys, so quickly, uh, let's do our power ranking or our prediction, throne prediction, now that we're now... At the end of episode four, we only have two episodes left. I'll start with Vlad first. As of today, who sits on the Iron Throne by the end? Daenerys. Daenerys on her own as the number as the sole yeah. leader. I I think um, 
<laughs> I think all that talk that John was making about not wanting the throne is going to like catch up to him in a hard way, and he's going to just not be a candidate. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at a certain point, um, I think Daenerys is going to like sadly take the throne and rule on her own. All right. What about you, Torres? He has that fiery passion now. Ever since um, Rhaegar fell in the lake. All right. What about you, Torres? Uh, who ends up on the Iron Throne? I think Cersei. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think she keeps it. This is because again, we're talking about getting the people what they want a lot, and uh, we got two episodes left, and don't look too good. Daenerys is blowing up the dragon lead. If someone gives you fifty to one odds, you take those odds. I think that's what Marcus doing. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, Billy? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Danny, and I don't know. Winterfell becomes like a sovereign nation or something. And John mm. is like a. So Sansa's are also happy. Yeah. So they they're able to secede, and there's no war, and they could <laughs> live with. And everyone things. just has cupcakes and butterflies. Yeah. Uh, um, but this is a wild guess here, but I'm gonna say Sansa Stark is on the throne. Hey, wild is right. It's wild, but I just I, I do you think, say, you think Cersei just nukes King's Landing and then like <laughs> no, no. So so I I think that Cersei will not win this war, but I think that Daenerys and Jon will not survive. What happens? And I think that's gonna kind of end up sending yeah. the world in chaos. And I, like I said. Well, let me take that back. I think that it will end up being more of what you've seen in, like, Star Wars, where it's more of, like, a council as opposed to, like, a monarch. And I think that, like, Sansa will probably be, like, the equivalent of, like, the president or the equivalent of, like, someone who's like, leads that council. But I don't think it will be an Iron Throne, per se. I think that we may end up seeing, you know, Varys, Sansa, Tyrion, um... Maybe even Jamie. I think it will end up being a bunch of other, pe- a bunch of people uh, who are all kind of people who they might not have been the main character, but we talked about all of them throughout the entire series, and that they end up kind of being the people who decide what happens for the realm. Because I think to me, this episode set up people thinking about the realm more than just the throne. Uh, Varys talked about it. Even Tyrion talked about it. Sansa talks about it all the time. You know, Arya doesn't care about. You know who's on the throne, who's not. Like I, I think, I, I think they're kind of sneakily setting us up for like that. And while the shiny object is who's on the throne, I think they're kind, they've kind of underlyingly been kind of setting up the whole idea of maybe like there's gonna, there's another way to do this than how they've been doing it. So that's my prediction about how this is gonna happen. I just can't see. I, to me, just Danny and John, just they just, they just they. Again, I keep saying it, but to me, this episode, they just work so foolishly. I can't see how they could possibly end up on the throne with how clever and how well um how maniacal Cersei is. I can't see how they get out of this unscathed. But that's why we watch the show to see how it all shakes up. So thank you guys once again for listening into this episode of the Throne Tales Podcast. We only have two more Throne Tales podcasts ever in the history of the show. So um so buckle up should be a fun ride 
We'll be back next week with more Throne Tales. You can always catch all, all of our podcasts on the uh, New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. You can follow uh, us on Facebook, New Generation Media, on Twitter at New Generation Pod, and on Instagram at New Generation Podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. Again, thank you guys. Uh, Vlad, Torres, Billy. Happy birthday to James. Of course, he couldn't be here tonight, but he, uh, he's with us in spirit on this single day Afro, as we call it. <laughs> um, so thank you guys again for joining me. Thank you guys for listening in. I'm EJ. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>